time. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to It Starts Now podcast. This is for entrepreneurs. It's like the the happy hour to the business and finance. My name is Stanley. Uh, I have a, a, a very, very important guest today. Uh, for the time being, let me allow me to introduce myself, uh, give you a little background. Started off uh, growing up East, East New York, Brooklyn. Uh, you know, like anybody, got into, you know, little things in the streets here and there. Uh, had some minor setbacks and uh, came back, um, overcame a lot of things. And I was fortunate to become part of this uh, a billion dollar company where I was the manager. And from there, took my talents or everything I've learned and acquired, uh, multiple skill sets from different leaders. Um, I took all that experience and decided to do my own thing, became an entrepreneur slash investor. And now uh, we're airing our first podcast, which I'm excited about. Uh, today's guest is a good dear friend of mine. Um, I knew this guy for some time now, and uh, his story is interesting. <laughs> uh, he started on cabin service in JFK, uh, decided to quit and go back to school. Uh, he got his business degree, uh, became the supervisor of Amazon slash Whole Food. Um, I believe he had a regional. Uh, he supervised that. Uh, left, started a company called Pavement, same day delivery. Uh, founder of No Life, uh, big, big, big Nip Nipsey Hustle fan, and full of knowledge. Uh, if you go on IG, it's underscore P-A-Y-V-M-N-T, pavement. Uh, it's definitely moving, same day delivery. Please welcome Al Lamine Kaba. What's going on, man? Appreciate it, man. Appreciate the introduction, man. Thank you, man. Nah, Definitely nah. excited to be here, man. Um, thank you for having me. Thank you for allowing me to be the first person on this podcast, man. That's 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 big, man. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to do it right, right. Yeah. And um, so I had to set up for a while, but I wanted to do it right. I was like, who can I get to really have a conversation with that I really that their story really motivated me and inspired me. And I said, you know what? Appreciate it, man. Uh, we had to get you on board. And for it to be the first launch, um, it would have been great. You know, so uh, thinking about it and I was like, you know what? Let's do it. So yeah, I reached out that. and you were available. And I know you're busy because yeah, <laughs> yeah, cause you, you don't, it's not just uh, pavement, which we're going to get into, but you also have uh, no life. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And no life is uh, expiring. It got quotes, and I remember we talked last, and you said um, a lot of those quotes motivated you because of your friend. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I think you know I had a good friend of mine. I was telling you last time that um, he passed away uh, about a couple of years ago. Like right, he passed away like the day before my anniversary. You know, my hire day with Amazon. I was coming up on a work anniversary from Amazon. You know, so. At the time, I wasn't really feeling Amazon. It was other things that I wanted to do that I was working on. I just felt like, you know, Amazon was one of the biggest companies in the world. It's super successful. Um, and I'm doing good here. But I felt like there's something missing. You know, I had everything. I had a nice car, a nice house. 
I had money, you know, and it was like, man, I'm why am I why am I not happy? Yeah, you know. So I took a, I took some some time off. I ended up resigning from Amazon, and um, I started No Life, <clears throat> and No Life allowed me to, you know, I was reading a lot of books. I was becoming more conscious of who I was, and like what I what I really what I really perceive as life. Um, so I created No Life, you know, and I encourage people to know what they want out of life know what they can give to people's lives and, you know, just be conscious of what's in your heart and what's in your mind. That's what's pretty much no life is about. Gain gain your mind and, and your heart together. Yeah. Um, what I really like about it is because um all those quotes is like you know, some some quotes are generic. Yeah. Like yeah. you hear it over and over yeah, and over. Yeah, yeah. But some of the things on there was like unique and it was unique to what's going on too. Yeah. And I thought that was deep. Yeah, man. Like people don't know, like all the content on No Life, I pretty much created myself. You know what I mean? It's not like I think people grab inspiration from places, and you know, and then they they be able to communicate what it means to them, and that's pretty much how I developed No Life of like what I perceive life to be and what's really important. You know, outside of what people are telling us that's important. You know, is, is what's important in your mind, and 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 what do you believe to be true in your heart. Um, and that, that was pretty much some time for me to get my mind together and, um, you know, really part ways with Amazon to mm-hmm. really embark on the next mission that I wanted to do. Um, and I think no life pretty much let me, allowed me to fly under the radar, especially with like my non-compete and like my intellectual property rights <laughs> and stuff like that with Amazon. So it was like, all right, man, like he wants to be like a motivational speaker, inspire people and stuff like that. He's not really planning anything really big, you know? And then I was like, all right, cool. It's time to really start pavement now, you know, and as this is one year after me leaving Amazon is like pretty much when like, you know, Corona hit like COVID-19 and um, March of, of uh, 2020 is pretty much like when I was out of that contract and I was like, OK, you know what? I want to start, you know, a same day delivery marketplace. And then when I first came up with the idea, it was pretty much like if you work in Manhattan, let's say like 34th Street we're by Macy's and you work next door to Macy's but you live in Brooklyn, you know, you could pick something up from the Macy's because somebody ordered it on the pavement app and you're pretty much on the pavement delivering it to somebody that lives in your area. That was the, the original concept of pavement, pretty much get paid for your commute home by picking up stuff on your way home and delivering it to people um, in your area, in your neighborhood. And um, once Corona hit, it was like, man, like COVID-19 hit, it was like, all right, like everything's closed. Nobody's going yeah, to work. Yeah. Like, what do we do now? Right. You know, and um I said there's going to be a huge a huge need for items, you know what I mean? And um we we should, we we could be able to fill that need, you know, and and get people product delivered same day, especially when people are not leaving your house. Um so we put a website together, you know, and we put some back end logistics into it to offer same day delivery and you know, it's been working out really really well for us, you know, and and I think our focus now is to be, you know, an end to end um same day delivery marketplace you know where everything is delivered same day um from you go on our website we control the website you know we control who's doing the deliveries like we're not outsourcing anything we control the flow of inventory in and out of the warehouse so we're pretty much all in one trying to really vertically integrate ourselves to pretty much be that one-stop shop for same day delivery um i know a lot of other people be like hey man you know like the gig economy is really good Mm -hmm. you should have gig workers and stuff like that but um, we're, we're going to try to do things a little differently, um, with pavement. Yeah. Uh, you know, listening to the story is interesting because 
uh, I remember around the time when COVID did hit and when it was uh, unfamiliar, we didn't have all the facts, right? Yeah. So it was kind of yeah. scary moment. And uh, with the moment you open up and say, hey, man, I got all these essential items, it's, yeah. it's like a smooth transition, right? Yeah. So, and, and I was one of those people that I wasn't sure what was going on. Yeah. And so what I decided, I was like, you know what, let me try it. And it came right on time. Yeah, you know? man. Um. <laughs> so how were you able to do that? Uh, yeah. Starting uh, out. Yeah. Um. So, um, you know, when you're starting a company and you want to sell products, like have a marketplace, there's a huge genre of products and different verticals of products you can get into from cleaning, makeup, toys. You know, I think when COVID hit, we said, okay, you know, all the other verticals that we were thinking about, you know, they're all obsolete. People want to feel safe by having all these antibacterial, all this germ stuff. You know, they want to stay hydrated. They want to, they want vitamin C and all this other stuff during the, during that, you know, that, that winter time. So we said, okay, we're going to focus our energy on being able to get, you know, cleaning products, you know, essential goods to people, same day delivery. So um, a lot of people don't know. Like with these big, big brands like Target, um, Whole Foods, any big retailer, um, how they work is on a system of automation. You know, let's say if I want to get, you know, 30, 30 pallets of Essentia, you know, Walmart will say, hey, our forecast, we can burn through 30 pallets of Essentia every every month. You know, and then, you know, COVID-19 hits, everybody's buying water. So they're now going through 30 pallets in, you know, two weeks. So that's a whole two weeks where they're going to have no water because they already ran out of their allocation. Mm -hmm. Walmart is not going to take the time to go find different distributors to keep their stock, to keep their shelf stocked. They're just simply going to say, okay, when it comes back in stock, it comes back in stock. But that two weeks where it's out of stock, it leaves the opportunity, somebody that's going to put some legwork in to find somebody else that has a sentia, you know, and that person that's going to put that legwork in can now say like, hey, I got, I got something Target doesn't have. I got something Walmart doesn't have and we're delivering it the same day. So we took that premise to really to really go out, build those relationships with those different distributors and, and, and wholesalers and manufacturers to to get product that nobody else had is because we had more than one relationship with a distributor. You know, we started with one, then continued to build from there. And then it allowed us to have a lot of products that are out of stock in a lot of places we have. Um, and it's been working really, really well. Like, for example, like one product that, you know, a lot of our customers are women, you know, so there's like, hey, we love this brand called Honeypot. Um, and I said, hey, I, I, I think I think we can actually, you know, get you that yeah. brand. You know what I mean? <laughs> It'll be super lucrative for us. So yeah. um, <clears throat> we ended up getting like a really big, you know, um, account with uh, one of like the biggest natural grocers in the United States. And we've now been able to get that brand to people, you know, so that coupled with, you know, other products, you know, makes our platform very, very sticky uh, on top of that same day delivery piece. Yeah, man. That's, that's interesting. Um, so right now, pavement is basically uh, rivaling yeah. some of these major yeah. uh, distributing companies, right? Like yeah. Amazon and uh, Walmart. Yeah. Now, let's say if the Walmart wants to pick you guys up, is that something you'd be interested in? Man, uh, man, that'll, that'll be a dream, man, to get bored out by Walmart. Like, why not? You know, I think um, it depends. I think it, 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 it depends on um, the structure of the deal because mm -hmm. there's so many features that I, that that we want to build into pavement and we're still a young company i think we're just now coming up on um we're not even six months yet you yeah. know so we're we're still a super young company and um for that to happen down the line that'll that'll be nice 
um, only on on the contingency of, you know, hey, like we want to do these next 10 iterations with pavement that we think are going to be game changing when it comes to same day delivery and the future of of uh, of, of, of e-commerce and then, you know, with mobile commerce as well. So this is like, hey, like we'll buy you, but you can be autonomous in your nature and, mm-hmm. and, and do what you need to do. That's something we, we, we would definitely be interested in. And, um, you know, there's just there's just a lot of things in the pipeline that we mm-hmm. want to execute on, um, especially when it comes like same day delivery with not even, you know, grocery products. You know, there's there's other verticals that we want to attack that I'm not going to give too much detail yeah. on, but um, they're definitely in a pipeline and we're working on them. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's interesting. Yeah. Now, to start a company like that, you definitely need some capital. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think it depends on how. So I think people can build companies. Um, you, you'll, you'll need some sort of money, but not a lot of money, depending on how you want to execute things. I think if you don't have a lot of money, you're forced to make great decisions mm-hmm. because one bad decision with a little bit of money can pretty much derail your whole company because you don't have a lot of resources, a.k.a. money, to really to really play with. Um, so when we started pavement, we did, um, I put a lot of my capital in there, man. I put a lot of like majority of my money. I had like Amazon shares that I got as a manager working at Amazon. I sold them. I put them into the company. Um, money I had saved everything, you know, I downsized my apartment. Um, I, I pretty much got rid of my car, started to rent my car out to people. Um, and it's just, it's just the fact that, you know, I think you got to be all in if you really want to go for something big. Um, so once I was able to like cut my expenses, mm-hmm. um, it allowed me to say, okay, like we have money. And then, um, I wanted people that knew my work ethic and knew what I was going for. I wanted them also into the company on a very early stage. So we did a small friends and family round of funding and we pretty much gave those people a discount on the equity. And then like, once we like start talking to like professional investors and then we do a priced round, like those people that put in, they, they took more risks, so they should benefit more and they should have more upside. Um, <clears throat> but I think if you want to start a company and you don't have money, I think it's possible. I think it's, it's, it's possible, but you're just going to have to, you're going to have to work harder. You're yeah. Have, it's forced you to be more creative, you know? I think you have to take more calculated risks, yeah, right? Absolutely. You can't afford, because if you have, uh, if you, like you said, if you have the capital, yeah. then you could afford to make like minor yeah. mistakes. But yeah. when you don't have the capital, you have to take calculated risks. Yeah, man. I, I, yeah. One, one million percent. When people don't know, like when we, when we first started pavement, man, like, I had product like stacked up in my apartment to like the ceiling, you know, because we were buying all the product and, you know, I had no warehouse at the time, you know, so all the stairs, my room, my bedroom is like I had my bed on this side and like on the other side of the room is just product (laughs) stacked to the ceiling, you know, in the hallway. It it, it was crazy. And then it got to a point and said, okay, like we need a space, you know, so we acquired like a small warehouse space um, here in Queens in Long Island City. And then now it's it's coming to a time where like we're actually like outgrowing that space, you yeah. know, because just of like the sheer volume of, of things that we're pushing in and out of the warehouse, we need more space just to hold pallets. Um, and yeah, man, it's I, I I I tell people all the time if money is your issue, I don't I don't think you want it bad enough, you know. I think if you don't have money, you'll figure it out. Right. You'll figure out a way to do it. It might take you longer. Because with money, you can just pretty much fast track everything. You can fast track, yeah. You know, and I think without money, it's going to take you a lot more sweat equity that you're going to have to put in. But that sweat equity piece in that process is invaluable, you know, because you'll you'll appreciate it more. Right. You know, it's like a kid that, you know, never had money their whole life. 
you know, and then they had to work to get their money. And then, you know, they, they, they had to pretty much build themselves up versus, mm-hmm. you know, if I inherited, you know, $2 billion, yeah. I never worked for it in my life. So I don't know the, the value and the worth of the money, you know, because I never had to put any work in for it mm-hmm. versus somebody that had to put immense amount of work to get to just get from zero to one. You know, I think it's a, just a different animal. It's a different animal, man. Yeah. Like it's, 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 it really boils down to like how bad you really want it. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you, you know, the thing is some people think they want it, but how do you teach uh delay gratification how do you teach sacrifice like man it, it, it's 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 super tough man you know because if you look at like the world that we live in now everybody's you know like everybody's living their best life you know everybody's on vacation everybody's majority of people are really like having a ball you know so if you think about it, like i was telling a friend of mine man like if you think about it like where we come from you know our parents really never had money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we go to college, we get a job after college paying a 60 to like, a, let's say 60 to hundred thousand dollars a year. And then I tell you, Hey man, like this is cool, but like there's another step up from here. You know, people would be like, man, you're crazy. You think I'm going to quit my job and take a shot in the dark and start a mm-hmm. company with you. And I don't even know it's going to be successful. Yeah, You never, you're, you're making the most money you ever made in your life. You're paying your own bills. You got money in your pocket. You know, you get to go on vacation to tell somebody, man, give all of that up. And let's take a shot at, you know, it's either the company company goes big or the company folds. You know, it's a 50-50 shot. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are not going to be cool with that, you know. But some people be like, man, that's a risk that I'm willing to take. And I think, you know, for, you know, delayed gratification and sacrifice, you just have to say, okay, I want to live my life a certain way X amount of years from now. That way I want to live my life. I need to construct a plan to how, to, how am I going to live my life that way. And, you know, if I say I want to, you know, I want to live in Africa for the rest of my life, you know, I need to set up systems and build things that allow me to do that, especially if you have a family and things like that. The world we're living in is only getting harder. Yeah. You know, where $100,000 could have took you really, really far, you know, a couple of years ago. Now that the cost of goods are going up and we're in a pandemic, you know, $100,000 is not going to get you that far. And I think, you know, if you say, okay, I can sacrifice all the non-essential things that I have in my life and no vacations, no extravagant spending, no nothing. And I'm just going to do X for a certain amount of years. I think, you know, a lot of times people are going to quit at the first sight of things getting really, really tough. And that's, that's a good thing and a bad thing because it's going to weed out all the people that are not serious. The people that are serious, they're they're going to, they're going to double down. That's so correct. You know, and I think those people that are doubling down the compound effects of them just continuously working and staying like staying at it, you, you'll win big, especially if you know what you want to do, how to get it and what you need to do to get it. Um, I think that will just snowball. It'll be a snowball effect mm-hmm. because it will it'll be no deliberation. There's no gray area because you know exactly what you want, mm-hmm. how to get it and, and, and where to go. And I think that's that's big if you mm-hmm. if you really want to sacrifice. You said something key because I speak to a lot of people that are successful. And one of the things that they always mention is the fact that um, right at the point where I was about to give up, I pushed through. And next thing you know, things started to turn around for them. Yeah. So I think within this, this, there's a window, yeah. right? And that window of opportunity to say, either I'm going to push forward or I'm going to let go. Yeah. And the ones that decided not to quit and push through that window of opportunity, yeah. they're the ones that take off from there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that in itself is, is very... It's hard, you know, because it's like, what do I do? Do I, I don't see a, I don't see a way out of that tunnel. 
Mm. You know, I don't see a light at the tunnel that says like, hey, here's the victory. You know, I just see uncertainty, you know, and I think entrepreneurship is, is a huge uncertainty. Yeah. It's really like gut wrenching, you know, like where I know if I wake up at eight o'clock and I get to the office at nine, I know every two weeks I'm going to get a paycheck just by showing up mm-hmm. and doing minimal amount of work. I'm going to get paid. You know, being an entrepreneur, there's nobody waking up and writing you up for not waking up to work yeah. on your business. Yeah. You know, it takes an immense amount of discipline. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's not for everybody, and if it was for everybody, like, there wouldn't be, like, huge wins, you know, mm-hmm. because everybody would be winning where it would just be a norm. You know, when they see people do, like, extravagant things and accomplish amazing things, like, that's just, like, the base level. Then, like, underneath that, you know, you'll see, like, all the things that they would have to do, like, the amount of hours they're putting in, like, mm-hmm. the amount of sacrifices, man, like... There's so many stories that just like me alone, I, I've I've had over like the last four months building pavement, you know, that people would be like, man, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and I hear a lot of people say that, um, you know, I, I put X amount of hours in. Uh, for me, I, from my opinion, this is what I came to realize. When you start in your own business, like uh, for me, it never stops. The hours don't yeah, stop. I yeah. may take breaks, yeah, right? Yeah. But then I catch myself going back to do the work. Yeah. So even even if if I have um, I, I completed eight hours or ten hours or twelve hours, yeah. I may come home relax, but work is still on my mind. Yeah. And if I didn't finish something after I finished eating, I go jump right back yeah. into it. So I don't think is especially in the beginning. I don't think that it's a set amount of hours. It's just about um, how much work you're willing to put in. Yeah. Right. Yep. And sometimes you gotta uh, put that much work in to shorten to catch up, right? Yeah. Because because yep. technically your business is small, so yeah. you're trying to catch up with everybody that's big. Yeah. So you may have to put in the hours late. Yeah. So I completely understand, but I have one. I have interesting question. Um, what made you? Because you had. Um, Amazon. Yeah. You had stocks in the company. Yeah. You had uh, a future in Amazon. Yeah. And uh, you turned around and just said, you know what? I'm I'm going to bet on myself. Yeah, man. Like, I felt like over the course of my lifetime, I felt like no matter where I worked at, um, I always had like a knack for seeing opportunity on how to improve something. You know, even when I was working in the airport, you know, and we were pretty much cleaning planes, man. Like we were cleaning planes. At one time, I was making like seven dollars and seventy-five cents, bro. <laughs> cleaning planes, yeah. you know, and that and that's exactly how we met. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was literally making, but I was working like fifty, sixty, seventy hours. Like sometimes, like I think the most I ever did was like eighty something hours in one week, and I was really grinding. And I always would remember that I would tell my managers like, "Hey, we should do this. Dif- like we should do it this way because it's more efficient," you know, mm-hmm. and and. It's, it's actually improves things, the overall scope of the operation. So as time progressed and I left the airport and no matter where I went and where I was working at, I always felt like I was just paying attention to the things that really matters because I was in the process day over day. And, you know, it got to a point where I felt like that and I got to Amazon and I continued to feel like that. And then I was like, hey, man, this is like one of the biggest companies in the world. And a lot of people at Amazon were telling me, like, yeah, man, like, Al, you're, you're right. You know what I mean? And I would tell people something, and then six months down the line, they'd be like, all right, like, we're going to do this and this. I was like, bro, I said that to you six months ago. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like 
I'm I'm pretty much having to slow down like a lot of the things that I'm thinking about or I think that are important for the organization because they're not focused on the right things. And then I said, you know what, like somebody can build a system that can rival with Amazon, you know, or rival with any delivery business and stuff like that. There's so much more opportunity left out. And it's like people don't know anytime a company hires you, they're taking a bet on you. Yeah. So if you're willing to give me, you know, I give you 40, 50 hours, you're going to give me, you know, 100 grand a year, and, you know, plus stock options and stuff like that. It's like, what if I gave myself that same 40 hours and then I was really focused on things that were impactful? You know, I think the thing is, like, people always want to be efficient, 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 efficiency. That's what they really push. But it's like. If I'm impactful, you know what I mean? That also, to me, is going to lead to being efficient. You know, like, I say to myself, like, okay, how do we make an impact on the company day over day to let the company grow? Um, and we're pushing the company in the right direction. And, you know, both my parents were, like, entrepreneurs, you know, and they had two different personalities. And I've seen them pretty much 30, 40, 50 years never work a job. So I think that's also, like, a cheat code where it's like, okay, I've seen it before. I've seen it done. So I know you it's know possible. it's possible. Right. You know, my mom pretty much raised six of us off her business, you know, and we all went to college, you know, like we, we, we were good. You know, we went, we weren't millionaires, but we were, we were, we were getting by. And, you know, my pops was like a really, a really, really, really savvy businessman, you know, and having both of those, it's like, okay, it's possible because I've seen it before mm-hmm. at a, at a, at a big scale, you know, like my dad was making good money. My mom was making good money running their own businesses, you know, and I think I was like, okay, maybe I can do the same thing. And then as time progressed and technology progresses, it's like, okay, there's a lot of business models that, that are, that are dilapidated and need innovation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got the job at Amazon cause my mom sent me an email like, Hey, apply for Amazon. And I got the job and it was like, okay, (laughs) I went out there and then, you know, I was just fortunate to at Amazon those years, I was there to have really good leaders that were my direct manager. You know, when I first got to Amazon, I had a a guy, um, his name is Carlos, Carlos Putney, you know, and him and I still talk to this day. And he would put me in front of like so many opportunities at Amazon to really expand my mind on Mm -hmm. operations, logistics, process improvement, project management. He'd be like, hey, Al, go meet this person. Go mm-hmm. meet that person. Go meet that person. Look at this. Look at that. Hey, Al, I think you should jump on this project. Roll this project out to the building. You know, work with this person here as your mentor. He'll teach you everything you need to know. And then once I had that mentality and I knew that people at Amazon were like really, Amazon has like really, really smart people working for them, mm-hmm. like people that have like degrees in like rocket science, okay. you know, and um, I was like, these people know an immense amount of information. And then if people sense that you want to learn, they'll help oh, you. Absolutely. They'll help you, you know. And I would sit down with this one manager every single day for like an hour and just drill him with a zillion questions. And he would tell me. And then I used to piece those things together and I got a really good understanding of the process and how Amazon works and the inner workings of operations. Mm-hmm. And then I got to a point where I got back to the city. I was like, hey, man, like, Amazon's doing a lot of same day delivery, but I think somebody can do it even better. You right, know, right. and then um, I left. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, process improvement, right? Um, you always, always, I, I don't care where you at, even in security. Yeah. There's always a, a better way of doing things yeah. on how to improve the process. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's great. And and the key thing that you said was exposure, right? Yeah. Uh, a lot of leaders, if you get the right mentor, the right leader that can expose you to a lot of yeah. different things, because you only know what you know, right? And if you True. don't know it, then you don't know it exists. True. And it's really out there, right? Yeah, is. Everything is out there. Uh, but when you're in a corporate world, I've seen if a manager take a liking to you, they will open the doors for you. Yeah, absolutely. They'll, they'll give you that exposure that you need. Um, and I've seen those that have talent, but they don't have that uh, way of communicating. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that way, unfortunately, the doors don't really open because yeah. they haven't developed a, a key sense on how to communicate. Right. Yeah. To connect. Yep. All right. And and I see that all the time. There's so many people with so much talent because there's a disconnect. They don't really move f- further in the company yeah. or or in life, period. Yeah. Right. Because absolutely. that's essential in life as yeah. well. Um, but you, you're doing some great things, man. Man, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it, man. We just we just we just staying focused, man. It's just like there's so much things going on. It's like, man, like I want to go on vacation. I want to I want to have fun. Yeah. You know, I want to I want to really live my life but you know i i said to myself um if god forbid like you know something was to happen to me like if i was to pass away i i would have no regrets because i'm pursuing exactly what i'm setting my mind to and there's there's no regrets of me saying like man like i don't want to do this you know uh, versus like me feeling miserable working a job and it's like okay i'm putting all my effort into something i actually i'm actually committed to so it's just like I'm living. I'm living my purpose. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I as people would say, um, and I think it's huge. You know, you you get more. You know, you're you're more like stoic. You know, you're not you're not mad. You're not you're not sad. Yeah. You're just like I'm even keel because yeah. I'm executing on the things I want to execute on. There's no there's no expectation. It's like I'm 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 pushing through. I'm doing what I yeah. need to do. And if things happen, great. Yeah, yeah. Right? It, but if it doesn't happen, I'm still pursuing what I yeah, want. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think that's entrepreneurship in, in, in general, especially if you're like you're running a business that's offering like a product or service. I think you need to create repeatable systems that you can test a lot of, you know, assumptions very, very quickly. Because I think entrepreneurship, like if you say you want to start a company, you know, selling car seats, you know, it's an assumption. You know, how do I validate that assumption in a short period of time? Um, and how do I test out different assumptions? Mm-hmm. And then how do I make those assumptions like interchangeable if it doesn't work and stuff like that? You know, and um, I think people that constantly look to innovate in that in that respect, they're gonna they're gonna do really really well, man. I, I was reading a book um, called The Innovator's Dilemma, mm-hmm. where he was saying that a lot of times companies don't companies fail is not because they don't have good managers; it's just the, f- the fact that there's there's the lack of innovation or the focus on innovation. You know, where it's like we need to grow 20x month over month. You know, mm-hmm. let's take Delta, for instance, like Delta will say, like, to please our stake, our shareholders, we need to grow 20x every single month. Mm-hmm. However, there's a new innovation in a different type of aircraft that can save us an abundant amount of money on fuel. They'll say it's not going to give us that 20x growth, you know, but it'll pan out huge in the long run. You know, some leaders will say, like, no, we're not going to do it because it's not going to give us 20x. Other other managers will say, okay, it's not going to give us 20x now, but it'll give us 100x a couple of months down the line. Let's do it. That takes a different type of discipline. And, and, and pavement is the same way. Like we knew that people wanted cleaning supplies. You know, we can continue to hammer home on cleaning supplies, but it's like there has to be an iteration to come next. So yeah. what do we do next? What type of products and what do we do 
next. And I think that allows companies to grow. Uh, you're right. You're right. A hundred percent. I just think that, um, uh, certain companies that are already established, they, um, they don't want really, really want to rock the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because they are already making, they're like, this is work, this work right here. Yeah. So let's continue this process yeah. right here. So the model doesn't change because yeah. they don't want to change it. But, um, is innovation a young thing? Uh, I don't think so, man. I think. Let me let me let me explain why I asked that question. Uh, the reason is because when you're so stuck in your ways, yeah. right? As a company, you're yeah. stuck. You're saying, "Okay, this is this is it. Yeah. This is it for me." And I've seen it too. I've seen it in in, in the workforce where you have uh, senior people. They just this is what I know. Yeah. Right, and they feel like I know this, and this this new thing that you're trying to introduce, I know it won't work without yeah. giving it an opportunity. Yeah. Right. Whereas a young person doesn't really, their mindset is not stuck on that I know process. Yeah. Right. Even though they probably think they know it all, but yep. that I know the work, like I know. So this thing is new to them, so they're willing to try it. They're willing yeah. to experience. They're willing to uh, test it out. Theories, right? Yeah. Um. So I'm the reason I'm asking is it a young thing when people so because they not they don't know yeah. so they figure you know what let's test it out yeah. so is innovation a young thing so I think you know when it comes like innovation and like the piece we, like before we're talking about where you know managers failing to communicate you know if if I'm I've I've been a manager of huge teams and like I've always give people on my team the autonomy to go figure things out and then bring it back to me and say like hey. This is what I figured out about this. You say X, I say Y. Okay, cool. Let's try it. You know, and I think a lot of leaders, it's a sense of like insecurity and like trusting their direct reports. You know, I think if I if I have a skill set that I've been working on for 20, 30 years, there's always going to be room for improvement and innovation. Mm -hmm. And if a young person comes on and says like, hey, I think we should be doing this. I hired you to, I hired you for a reason. That means I've seen something in you and I believe in you to a certain extent. So I should be giving you the full autonomy to go do what you to go do that, to execute on that. Like you should have the creative range to do exactly what you want to do. And I think that's the piece that's missing right there. A lot of people say like they want to be in control so much that they can't give somebody in their organization the autonomy to go do something else. But, you know, if you give people that autonomy to do things, you'll you'll notice if you made the right hiring decision, you'll notice like you'll get super upside on the like potential of that employee, the potential that they can execute on is because now they have the creative range and the autonomy to do all the things that they want to do. And it's like, I trust your judgment. I, I hired you. I'm paying you mm -hmm. and I believe in you. If you need me for certain things, I'm here, but I didn't hire you to micromanage you. I hired you to execute because I know you're capable of it. So a good leader is going to push you to only go further on what they already know you can accomplish. And they're going to put certain things in your path that'll get you to the next level and to do amazing things in my personal opinion. That's good. Yeah. Well, it's been great. Yeah, man. Absolutely, yeah. man. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's um, been a long time coming. Yeah. And uh, you, you have no idea. I really wanted to start it off with you. I appreciate I that, man. That's huge. <laughs> That's huge. That's huge, man. And I'm pretty sure we're going to do this again. Yeah, um, definitely. Definitely, man. We but, should. but this was a lot of fun. Absolutely, man. Um, any last thing? No, I think, man, I think, you know, the time period that we're in now, there's so much uncertainty. I think if people are uncertain about something, 
you should be more secured about like yourself as as an individual and and if you want to do something just do it you know if it fails you know you can go do something else you know mm. and, and I knew if like if I start a business or anything fails, you know, I worked at as an operator at a big company, I can just go work as an operator at another company. I think people need to be able to have that flexibility and really and really do things and um I think starting a company is not hard, man. Like we'll probably do another episode where I'll give like a breakdown of like how to start a corporation, like what kind of corporation. We'll do something like that and then just to really give people that that blueprint mm-hmm. on like how it was done, what I and like the tips and tricks. Now, uh, what about those that say um, it's too late? It's too late for me to start something. Man, I don't. I don't ever think it's too late. I think mm. you know, it's never too late because you know, if you're living, you can you can start something really, really late. If you look at a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are really successful like later on in life, um, and it does. I don't think it's a matter of it's not an age thing. I think it's more so like a mental snap that happens, you know, like people say, all right, I worked this job for 30 years, but I actually want to do this. And then they reach that snapping point and then their mind just pivots to say, okay, I'm going to go into entrepreneurship. Mm. And I think that happens with, you know, a lot of people. It happens like college is not for me. I'm going to go pursue entrepreneurship. Mm. This nine to five is not for me. I'm going to go pursue entrepreneurship. I think your mind has to be ready to embark on that journey. Sometimes that that push comes and that snap comes from something uh, something in, I don't want to use the word tragic, but when something happens, like if you lose your job, all of a sudden that snap and you're like, yeah. okay, I gotta I gotta do something, yeah. And all of a sudden, or I can't get a job, yeah, right. And yeah. all of a sudden, I'm forced to become an entrepreneur, yeah. So I agree with you 100. percent I just think that um, just to add. I think that some a lot of times something happens, you know, yeah, of course. and and I, and I see it too when some people have like like relationships and it goes sour, yeah, and then yeah. next thing you know the person comes out in the beginning it's kind of rough, yeah. but then when they come back out and they turn it around, they turn it around big, yeah, right, yeah. So I think sometimes that 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 I don't want to use the word tragedy, but sometimes that that fear of of not having or that fear of of loss. And yeah. I gotta go get it, and sometimes it just create that snap. So, absolutely, yeah. man. Absolutely, man. Yeah, one million percent. Yeah, and 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 I think everything, to your point, is um you gotta start it, and that's the reason why we did the podcast, and we call it "It Starts Now," is uh, to motivate people to let to let everyone know, especially the the young leaders that's coming out, to let them know that you know everything starts now. Like if you if you don't pivot and say you know what i gotta do this now with a sense of urgency then it won't happen yeah right because you're gonna stall it for the next day the next day and and i, I remember reading this book they said uh, you know um, the eighth day and i was like what's the eighth day is that um someday <laughs> someday is that eighth day someday. that never show up right yeah. um so you have to go ahead and start you got to pursue it but you got to start now like every single time anything you're doing you got to start now even if it's the littlest thing right as far as like even if you have an idea you write it down and you start working on it little by little little by little brick by brick layer brick by, by layer right yeah and it's gains it. right <laughs> so gains, brick yep. by brick layer brick by, by layer brick. but that's gains yeah. right that's that's huge yeah but that's huge. the gain you didn't have yesterday right absolutely and you just gotta you just gotta start yeah man and, that, and that's i think a lot of people's problem right yeah it's, it's the starting point. Yeah, man. Starting is the hardest part. You know, starting is, I think because a lot of people want to say, okay, like, 
you know, I live in a basement now, but I want a mansion. People try to shoot to the mansion. Yeah. I think you should constantly, like, it's a constant, it's a continuous, you know, improvement on, like, step by step, layer by layer. You know, and, like, Nipsey Hussle said it the best, man. Like, I took the steps. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I took the (laughs) stairs, you know. Like, I went to build the the Great Wall of China. I'm not, I'm going to set out just to lay a brick every single day. I think Will Smith was saying something like that. And um, it's true, man. Like, I, like, write down, like, the things that you want to do every single day knock those things out and mm-hmm. then you know you do bi-weekly monthly and then you start setting like micro goals big goals and then you know, before you know it like you're gonna be like, all right i accomplished so much just because i stayed focused and i had an outline yeah um and i think that's just a good habit to have yeah i have this one thing that really uh motivates me i write everything down on a, something visual that i can see yep. right so i have a, a whiteboard and i write every single thing down that i need to accomplish yep. that i need to do um, sometimes there's a lot of daily goals that mm-hmm. I have to meet, uh, but I write it all down. Yep. And at first it looks overwhelming because it's just so many things. Yeah. You're like, wait, how am I going to complete this? Yeah. But something about scratching the first one, the second one. It's gratification, right? man. It's, then there's momentum, yeah. right? Because it's like, all right, yep. this is done. That's done. Yep. What's next to tackle? Yep. Right? And I think for me that that helps out a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But Al, man, it's been great. Thank you, man. Appreciate you for having me, man. Yeah, we're going to do this again. All right, man. Most definitely. (laughs) My man. All right, man. (laughs)